go ahead and turn in your Bibles today to Isaiah chapter number 61. This is my text for tomorrow night as well, so you get to hear it first. I spent all week studying on this particular passage, a wonderful passage of Scripture. And I will not do it justice as what all is given to us here concerning these prophecies of our Lord. But my text is verse 1 and verse 2 is what we'll be looking at here today. And it is the preaching of our Lord. And what, what is the message here that He is declaring? Isaiah 61, verse 1 and verse 2. He says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all that mourn. This wonderful prophecy of Isaiah um, through the whole book here for that matter, Isaiah speaks a great deal about the coming Messiah. And what he would do when he would come. The things that would be uh, recognizable about his ministry. The things that he would be doing among them when he would come. So that in, in taking the prophecies that Isaiah gives, they should in turn be able to see when the Lord came, when he was in their midst, when he was proclaiming the things that he was proclaiming, when he was doing the work that he was doing, there should have been plenty of information here that was given to them even alone in Isaiah that they would have been able to recognize him and say, there he is. That's the one we've been looking for. That's the one who the Scriptures declared would be our Messiah. That's the one whom the Lord has sent. This is the anointed of the Lord. And plenty of, plenty of references. Plenty of prophecies to go on. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, he says, because the Lord hath anointed me to preach the good tidings. And so there are those that will read this, however, even still today, and they won't see the Lord Jesus in this. They'll say, well, Isaiah's talking about himself there. But that's, that's his message that he is declaring. Or maybe Isaiah is speaking of another, they would say. But the Lord Jesus makes very clear that Isaiah is talking about him here. Hold your place here in Isaiah. Go back with me to Luke chapter number 4. Luke chapter number 4. And notice with me here, beginning in verse 16, we'll read down through verse number 21. As in the Lord's ministry, He's been some time uh, in His ministry at this point. Just 
a short time, I should say, that he's been going through this work. As he's making himself known, he finds himself in his hometown. I shouldn't say he finds himself. He's exactly where he's supposed to be, in his hometown. And he goes to the synagogue. It says, verse 16, he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. So he comes into the synagogue. This is the meeting house of the Jews. This is where they would worship the Lord in their own communities. This is where they would study the Scriptures together. And Jesus comes in and He stands up to read the Scriptures. And so they give Him the Scriptures to read. And there was delivered, it says, unto Him the book of the prophet Esaias, which is Isaiah. And when He had opened the book, He found the place where it was written. And he puts clear understanding here before us that what Isaiah is writing in Isaiah 61 is clearly about the Lord Jesus Himself. Because he reads this very passage. And notice the differences. And I'll speak to these differences as we go along in our study this morning. But notice these differences of what the the Greek records for us as opposed to the Hebrew. Uh, It's not that they are... It's not that it's different so much as it is giving clarity here to us of what is being meant here in Isaiah 61. But the Lord says, verse 18, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because He hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, To preach deliverance to the captives. And recovering of sight to the blind. To set at liberty them that are bruised. To preach the acceptable year of the Lord. The priest, the acceptable year of the Lord. Now he doesn't quote the whole passage we read. He doesn't quote all even verse 2 because he didn't come to do the day of vengeance yet. That's the judgment. That's God's judgment being poured out. He's not doing that yet. So he stops there to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And he, he declares to them there, as he has read this to him, to them, to those Jews that were gathered in the synagogue, he closed the book, he gave it again to the minister and sat down, and the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. They're waiting to see now what he is going to say. And he began to say unto them, This day is this scripture. Fulfilled in your ears. This day is the scripture. Fulfilled in your ears. And all bear him witness and wondered at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, is not this Joseph's son? Wait a minute. You see, there are those today that will deny 
that Isaiah is prophesying concerning the Lord Jesus here. But the Jews understood perfectly well that this was in reference to the Messiah's preaching. They understood very well that Isaiah 61 is declaring the coming Messiah and His ministry. They understood that. But then here the Lord says, it's fulfilled today in your ears. This prophecy is fulfilled in your ears today. And they say, wait a minute now. This is Joseph's son. This is, ain't this Joseph's son? I mean, we know him. He grew up here. He lived here in this place. And he said unto them, You shall surely say unto me this proverb, Physician, heal thyself. Whatsoever we have heard done in Capernaum, do also here in thy country. And he said, Verily I say unto you, no prophet is accepted in his own country. But I tell you the truth, many widows were in Israel in the day of Elias, when the heaven was shut up three years and six months, when great famine was throughout all the land, but unto none of them was Elias sent, save unto Sarepta, the city of Sidon, unto the woman that was a widow. And many lepers were in Israel in the time of Elias the prophet, and none of them was cleansed, saving Naaman the Syrian. And all they in the synagogue, when they heard these things, were filled with wrath, and rose up and thrust him out of the city and led him under the brow of the hill whereon their city was built, that they might cast him down headlong. And he passing through the midst of them went his way. They understood perfectly well that this passage in Isaiah 61 is in reference to the ministry of the Messiah. When He would come, this is what He would do. Jesus declares to him, it's fulfilled. So He's declaring Himself there, the Messiah. They understood very well that that's what He was declaring to them because they took Him out to the hillside right there and they were going to throw Him off the bluff for blasphemy. That was their purpose. And yet he passed his way through the midst of them. They had no power over him. They, they, they had no power to do with him what they wanted, you see. And the Lord passed through them as he went his way. Charles Spurgeon quoting this passage of Scripture in Isaiah 61. He made this statement. He was, he was quoting a, another Puritan. And I, I began this week trying to find the Puritan that he's quoting. All he says, as the, as the old Puritan stated, is, that, is what he says. And so I began to look trying to find what Puritan stated this particular thing. And so I just did a quick Google search. You won't believe how many people have made this same statement and, and not give any, any credit at all, either to Spurgeon or to the, the old Puritan that he is quoting from, and they're claiming it for themselves. <laughs> so, but but, but Spur, I, couldn't, I could never find the, the Puritan that made the statement before, but Spurgeon quotes him and says, God had only one son, and he made a preacher of him. God had only one son and he made a preacher of him. 
He came. The Scriptures tell us He came preaching. He came preaching. That was His ministry. He came preaching. He preached by His words. He preached in the declaration of God's Word. He preached by His every action, including His miracles. Because He didn't didn't work any miracle just willy-nilly. And even in the miracles, He was teaching them concerning the Word of God. He was teaching them concerning what the prophecy said about Him. Even in all the miracles that He would perform. In every footstep, in every direction, in every place where our Lord went, it was about His preaching. He was given that purpose. He was anointed to preach. Even the testing of the Jews as they would bring these particular tests to him. He would turn sermons out of these particular tests. The lawyer asked him, which is the great commandment in the law? And he declares there in Matthew chapter 22, to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. The second is likened to it, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. He took their test and he made it into a sermon about love. They brought the woman that was caught in adultery there in John chapter 8 in in trying to trap him with the law. And he turns that into a sermon as well, riding there in the dirt. And when he stooped down to write, he raised himself again from the ground and all of her accusers had left one by one. And all was left was him and the woman caught in adultery. And he asked her, where are thou thine accusers? There is none, Lord. They've all gone. He says, neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. And even their test, he made sermons out of the test that they would bring against him. He preached. His, his, his ministry was about him preaching what God had given him to declare. He is the greatest Preacher that has ever lived. And He has commanded us also, preach. Preach. Matthew 28, it is the very commission that is given to us as one of His local New Testament churches. It is our job, it is our purpose, it is to be our very lives, it is what we are to be about as we go through each and every day. He says there in verse 19, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. It is what He has given us even. To perform. It's our Lord. He is the preacher. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because the Lord hath anointed me to preach. The Lord hath anointed me to preach. Well, what did He preach? We see in His ministry, we see given to us in the Scriptures... 
that he preached forgiveness and righteousness before God. He preached restoration and rescue for the lost. He said, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. He that believeth on Me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. He says, As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so shall the Son of Man be lifted up. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. These are the things he preached. He tells us in our text here that he was to preach glad tidings. That means to to gladden with good news. To make happy with good news. He says he was to bind the brokenhearted. Now here's one of those differences between Isaiah 61 and the fulfillment that we read there in Luke chapter number 4. Here he says that he is to bind the brokenhearted. That means he's put on the ointment. He is wrapped with the bandages. He's put the band-aids on. He's put the... Put, put all the, the, the necessary medicine into those wounds and he's bound it up. He's set it for the healing. He's, he's done all the things that need to be done to bring the doctrine to that wound. He's binding up the broken heart. But what does he say in Luke? Luke chapter 4, he says he heals. He's come to heal. The broken heart. You see, whatever the Lord doctors, He completes. Whatever He whatever He puts the band-aids on, whatever, whatever He pours the ointment in, whatever, whatever work He does, whatever He doctors in us, He finishes it up. He gives it healing, you see. He doesn't leave it undone. And so if he's bound it, it's going to heal. Heal the broken heart. He does not leave it undone. He says also that he would proclaim liberty. That he would open the prison. Which has to do as Luke 4 verse 18 speaks of opening of the eye. To bring us out of darkness into His light. He gives, gives us some understanding about the, the meaning of the words there in Luke chapter 4. First, in fact, verse 18 is where He says that there in Luke 4. Let me go back and read that. Luke chapter 4 verse 18 again. He says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. To preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind. He does, he does both there. He gives the, the literal meaning there that we have in Isaiah 61 to proclaim liberty there to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are bound. And he, he gives the literal meaning and then he, he gives the, the, the other meaning as well that goes with that in the sense of, of him recovering of sight to the blind. 
That, that opening us, opening our eyes that we might be brought out of darkness that we might be able to see. To set at liberty them that are bruised, he says. To proclaim, he says, the acceptable year of the Lord. He's come. He's come. He is the fulfillment of this very prophecy that is being declared. And to whom does He preach? He tells us here in Isaiah 61, it's to the meek. He calls them poor in Luke chapter 4. That's not talking about poor in your wallet necessarily, but rather He's talking about poor in spirit. Poor in spirit. The meek. They've been broken down. They're not proud. They're not lifted up. They're not arrogant in themselves. They recognize who they are before God. They recognize their need for Him. They recognize that their strength, their power, their ability, their worth is not found in themselves, but it's found in Christ Jesus. And they look to Him, you see. The meek. The gospel is not for the good. It's not for the deserving. It's not for the righteous. Rather, it's for sinners. Sin weighs them down. They accuse themselves of the failures that is in them. And he says, I've come to preach to them. To preach, he says, glad tidings. Unto thee. Because he has healing for our despair. He has gladness for our mourning. He has joy for our sorrows. So he come to preach to the meek. The brokenhearted, he says. Psalm 34, verse number 18. Psalm 34, verse 18. David writes here, The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart, and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. The Lord knows what it is to be broken hearted. Isaiah 53, verse number 3, it says, He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. We hid, as it were, our faces from Him. He was despised and we esteemed Him not. Surely He had borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem Him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But He was wounded, not for Himself, 
rather for our transgressions. He's wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon Him. And with His stripes, with His stripes, we are healed. Let me read to you what Spurgeon said about a brokenheartedness. It was really good. It's a little lengthy, but it was really good. And I want to read what he said here concerning the brokenhearted. He says, are you brokenhearted because your heart will not break as you would desire that it should break? Broken hearted because you repent that you cannot repent as you would. And grieved because you cannot grieve enough. Are you broken hearted because you've not such a sense of sin as you ought to have? And such a deep loathing of it as you perceive that others have? Are you brokenhearted with despair as to self-salvation? Brokenhearted because you cannot keep God's law. Brokenhearted because you cannot find comfort in ceremonies. Brokenhearted because the things which look best have turned out to be deceptions. Brokenhearted because all the world over you found nothing but broken cisterns which cannot hold water, which have mocked your thirst when you have gone to them. Brokenhearted with longing after peace with God. Brokenhearted because prayer does not seem to be answered. Brokenhearted because when you come to hear the gospel, you fear that it's not applied to you with power. Broken hearted because you had a little light and yet slipped back into darkness. Broken hearted because you're afraid you have committed the unpardonable sin. Broken hearted because of blasphemous thoughts which horrify your mind and yet will not leave it. He says, I care not. Why? Or wherefore you are broken hearted. Jesus Christ came into the world, sent of God, with this object. To bind up, to heal the broken hearted. David writes in Psalm 51 and verse 17, A broken and contrite heart, O God, that will not despise. Thou wilt not despise. He says again in our text, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. 
to proclaim liberty. If the Son had set you free, you shall be free indeed. There's only freedom in the Lord Jesus. There's only liberty in Him. There's only healing in the Lord Jesus. He's the only one that can give us glad tidings. He's the only one that can heal our broken hearts. To give us liberty. To release us from our captivity. Bound by sin and strife. It is only Christ that can deliver us. It is He that proclaims the acceptable year of the Lord. And when He comes again, it will be He that brings the day of vengeance of God. It's only He that can comfort all that mourn. Our Lord came. Our Lord preached. Praise God, He's still preaching. His Word still goes forth. He's still bringing glad tidings to the meek. He's still healing the brokenhearted. He's still giving liberty to the captives. He's still opening the blinded eyes and bringing them out of darkness that they might see Him. Isaiah 43 and verse 4, He shall not fail. He shall not fail or be discouraged. He shall not fail or be discouraged. Our Lord preaches and He accomplishes. He accomplishes what He set to preach. He just doesn't bind up. He heals. He heals. Let's all stand. Brother Gordon, did you bring us a song?